Mike Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 172 of the Kissy Leaks Vault Podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the Kiss FAQ Podcast, but we seem to be doing so many episodes about the Gene Simmons Vault these days that we might as well just call ourselves the Vault Cast and be done with it. Today, I am joined by a special guest, 41 Mets on the board, Scott, who, of course, was, you were my wingman last June for the Catman's last Chris in New York so uh good to see you again Scott it's been a been a year since we last saw one another and you went to the New York Gene Simmons vault experience on Saturday the 24th uh you know why don't you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh what you've been doing what you're up to and uh how you got your foot in the door on Saturday uh okay my full name is Scott Engel you guys know me from the board and from the side for the written contributions that I've made and, you know, including, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott E Roto X. And, uh, there are a lot of Twitter followers there that are kiss fans. Uh, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a sports and fantasy sports writer and host and editor for rotoexperts.com and the fantasy sports radio network. And, uh, thanks to the people at, uh, Mills communications, uh, I promised to push this out to everybody that I could, and I have a lot of followers that are KISS fans, and also the incredible sized audience that you've built at, Kit, at KISSFAC, uh, that we can communicate to people just how special of an experience it was for the true diehard KISS fan to experience this, and with Peter Chris dropping in at this vault, uh, you know, I'm highly recommending that if any diehard fan is on the fence about taking the two grand and making having this experience i think it's once in a lifetime you have to do it especially uh with nashville coming up with with vinnie vincent so uh yep after seeing this i want to communicate to the rest of the kiss fan community that you know this is something that is that is well worth the experience our own adrian who uh was known as, as love guns on the site uh was there as well with his wife claudia I was very pleased to meet them, and I can tell you firsthand as we go along here and we listen to some audio that they were exemplary of the fantastic time. Look, you, you know, you pay for this experience, but Julian, you get the intimacy. You get as a diehard fan something you always dreamed of, not just five minutes with Gene Simmons, but also just a very intimate experience where he's speaking to you, and it's a give and take, and he's just got his guitar, and – you know, with his with his guy Keith Valcorp moderating the whole thing in a, in a fantastic professional way, it's just a very unique experience. It's almost like VH1 storytellers, but you get to meet Gene and be part of it. Absolutely, and obviously, I att- I've attended the Los Angeles Vault Experience, but it's kind of settled down now into a process. They've nailed things out about how they're they've streamlined w- how things are presented. Gene does his songs and stories early on, and then does vault presentations. If I'm, I think I'm correct on that. Um, 
he he's very much got the stories that he likes to tell, but he's not sticking to a script. And I just like to echo the no. comment that you made about Keith Valcor. Keith Valcor is your guy on the ground. He is Mister Fix It. He is the MC. He is every man, and he's really doing an incredibly good job. And I'm not stroking him there, you know, thinking I'm going to get some freebie or something out of him for for saying nice things. No, I, you know, there have been so many events throughout history for me that have maybe not gone as well but he's been a fixer who i've heard only good things about both online at other expos or sorry experiences and my own so you know keith keep doing the job that you're doing with gene because you're doing a great job and it is very much appreciated yeah keith falcourt is actually the product manager for the vault and you know if you look at his profile on linkedin you know he took his love of music into creating this very unique project and i got some great audio clips for the audience today it's uh i know that people have seen it on youtube but the quality of the audio that i was able to capture especially peter chris's speech is something that people are really going to enjoy here and like you said he doesn't stick to a script so i have three unique clips that when you're ready to throw to them, we got to listen to them and talk about them because, you know, they, they, the first one just talks a lot about his background. The second one shows his great sense of humor. And the third one is priceless with, you know, with the quality of my audio recorder, I was able to capture some unique audio when Peter Chris showed up. So first thing, as a, as, a, as a guy who lives out in New York, where was this vault experience held? Because it, it's it's not a place that I'm at all familiar with. Do you know what it was? And uh, can you just give us a little bit of information about that venue? It was the venues now, obviously, if you're going to go to any upcoming vault experience, uh, it seems Gene and his people are being very careful about where they pick. It was held at VK Negrani uh, at, in, in the Bowery area. Uh, for those of you in New York City, uh, right off the Houston Street uh, train station, VK Negrani is a uh, is a well known designer, known for his uh, how should I say his very unique brand of socks. When you walk in, he has a vending machine with socks there. It's a designer clothing boutique that actually has a speakeasy environment in the downstairs area. That's where. The vault experience was was held. You know, they actually have a bar in the back and in the very back, which became the VIP area. You have your dartboards, et cetera, and your billiards. So, you know, this served as a bar. It was a very informal. There wasn't uh, there was seating for people who were disabled or, you know, were military veterans, et cetera. And everybody else stood because, you know, in any sort of Gene Simmons or Kiss show, it's like it's like Paul Stanley once said on Mad TV. Kiss doesn't sit. That's right. Get up off yeah. your seats if you're able, and if you're not, then your fist is pumped. Um, what, how packed was that event? It looked absolutely tiny from the few videos that I've seen online. Was it that small, or did it just appear that way on YouTube Vision? I think there were so many people there that it made it appear small. You know, they got everybody in that they could, and they did a nice job of getting all the people in there. And the interesting part is Gene was just strumming and talking to people who were there informally while they brought everybody in. He actually, uh, you know, noodled around on a Bee Gees tune, you know, for a little while. I said, hey, you know that? You know, they, they were just bringing everybody in. And uh, you know, everybody was just very, very excited. Uh, I noticed when I got there, uh, they told the media to be there about 10.30 a.m. I got there about 10.10 10 or so. 
the line was already, you know, was already pretty long, and uh, it, it was well organized. Uh, I have to say, you know, because we've heard recent reports where, unfortunately, with like some Kiss Expos and stuff like that, where things are not organized. This was very well organized and professionally done. You know, if you're going to pay your two thousand dollars, you want a professional experience, and that's what I, I, I got to say. I'm not just saying it. It was a professional experience. Absolutely. I wouldn't expect anything less than uh, than that from Gene and Rhino for this. So you get there early. What was the protocol with the press? Because obviously I've never done that yet with uh, an experience uh, having just lined up for the experience itself. Uh, did you go in before the rest of the, the people went in and uh, get your credentials and whatnot? No, I, I wasn't. I, you know, they, we had to wait for the publicist to show up, and I have no problem with that. I was there early, and you know, they gave me, uh, they gave me a VIP lanyard, uh, and and uh, you know, they told me that Gene was pressed for time. He was not available to do any interviews, but I was free to ask interviews during the Q and A, which I did. And, you know, basically they made sure they had a good spot on the staircase to get all the video and audio that I, I needed to get. And, uh, you know, just being a veteran of the media, you know, I knew how to conduct myself and kind of go with the flow there. It's uh, it's interesting with the media, though. It's like you're in the media, but you're also a fan. And I've always had to walk that fine line. And, you know, I get very like, OK, I want to conduct myself like a professional. I appreciate getting the credential. And then there's this guy from a radio station who's in total gene makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all, you know, I'm, I get all high. Like, I want to conduct myself professionally. I appreciate the access, et cetera. You know, it's, you know, this is not my experience. I'm here to be a fly on the wall. Although I was told to, you know, I can ask questions. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to remain, you know, kind of like, on the side of it, because, you know, this experience was the, for the fans that actually paid for it. Absolutely. And that's, that's this is for helping to help publicize it and bring to the fan a community at KISSFAC and for people that listen to me on my other platforms that, again, if you're on the fence about doing this, you have to. So why don't we work our way into this first piece of audio? So uh, run us through, you know, Gene was uh, playing some Bee Gees and noodling around on the guitar as people were processed and came into the venue. Um, you had already taken up a spot, I take it, on the staircase. Uh, would, yeah. that, would that be accurate? Walk us through into this first piece of audio that we're going to listen to. Actually, the first piece of audio is shortly after uh, the Q&A and, uh, and musical part had started and this is Gene talking about his roots, uh, coming to America for the first time, seeing the Beatles, and then uh, having a little bit of fun with the audience here. All right, so why don't we go ahead and play that and I'm gonna listen along right now because I have not heard this yet either, so here we go. You know, kind of ringing the bell up there. Invictus. Invictus, yes. And uh, invictus-md.com. <laughs> And I wanted to make sure that we got to New York in time to get plenty of rest and everything because this means the world to me. See, I came to America as a little kid with my mom and couldn't speak a word of English. English was my fourth language. And I never dreamed, I mean, imagine growing up and seeing the Beatles on TV and all this stuff. And they were my main inspiration. And then having to wear more makeup and higher heels than your mommy. 
<laughs> you've read me saying those things before. And the thing, the thing that nobody talks about, and I don't, is the real heart and soul of this whole thing. That without you, I'd be nothing and nobody. That I owe everything to you, and I'm trying to look at everybody's face, and I always wanted to do something where I could literally meet every single one of you and just spend some quality time and look into your faces and say thank you so much and you know you mean the world to me you're just not another faceless person what's your name what's your family you'll never know how much there is that's right court you'll never know how much I Okay, so let's start with the Beatles, because obviously that's where it starts for you, and that's where it starts with the vault. The very first song you ever wrote was inspired by the Beatles, and tell them a little bit how that came to be. Uh, it was 1966, and in those days, um, actually earlier, 64, I was watching a TV show called The Ed Sullivan Show, and the Beatles came on, and I was still speaking with an accent. I talk like this, hello, like that. Oh, it was worse than that. <laughs> What time it is, like that. And there was a sign on my back, anybody who wants to beat me up, just take a shot. Yeah. But it didn't work out so well. I was always kind of big, so I, I didn't get picked on. And I never picked on anybody else. And 64, I saw the Beatles by 1966, I learned how to play a few chords. about the most used guitar chords. The other ones that are used a lot are one, four, five. Blues is really like uh, I was born in Brooklyn. I forgot to wipe my ass. Yes, I was born in Brooklyn. I forgot to wipe my ass. How about you? Whatever you do, don't forget to wipe your hands. <laughs> All right. So that, that's a that's a great bit of art. That sounds fantastic, by the way. Uh, you obviously had a good position, especially the guitar. Um, and it sounds like it's in tune this time. So I think they've worked out that bug of uh, not having someone meander along and retune it to their own liking. So so tell us a little bit about the, the Q&A and the, the song stories, because, you know, it, it's it's developed from what the first one was. And he, he likes talking about his coming to America is such a critically important part of Gene Simmons' American dream. He's a person who, like me, came to this country with nothing and has attained a level of success that's absolutely stunning. He's become an American icon having originated in Israel, um, which is just uh, absolutely amazing. One thing that strikes me every time I hear him talk in these um, songs and stories, he is so genuine to the fans that is he's not bullshitting you. His voice says it all. His, he actually sounds like he's getting over a cold there. So, uh, you know, what was it like from the fly on the wall perspective, uh, watching him go through his uh, song stories there? Yeah, you, you really feel it, you know, if you know Gene's history. And, uh, you know, I felt that I was personally there 
as a member of the media because of Gene and Kiss, because they gave me the inspiration to follow my career path that I wanted to be, you know, which is to, you know, be a, uh, be a professional journalist. And, you know, that's the reason I was there. So when he kind of, even though I was a fly on the wall, when he says, you know, I couldn't do this without you, uh, I felt like I couldn't do what I did without Gene and Kiss inspiring me when I'm growing up. And even though I was not one of the paid people there, I felt that feeling that he wanted to personally connect with everybody in the room. And I think you heard that from that speech there. And, you know, he just, he reveals himself because he loves to do it. He's a showman. He's a ham. Uh, well, the whole pig, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's, he likes to ham it up. As you'll hear in the next clip when we get to it, though, it's like his sense of humor. It's just like it's almost like part like comedy show because Gene was totally cracking the audience up a lot. And this is really for the diehards because uh, people were, you know, they knew what he was talking about. They were very in tune. He knew that he was talking to diehard fans, the type of people that are on the Kiss Facts site, bulletin boards constantly. He knows his audience. And there's a lot of people who feel that Kiss has like lost the uh, the connection with the diehards. When you see Gene doing these kind of things, you know that he has it. It kind of harkens back to the 1995 conventions when they were doing uh, intimate events for the fans. Like he know he knows that the core fans. He's you know he's he's giving them something back for for, for you know for the amount of money that they pay. It's if you're going to pay for this, it's worth it. You know, it's, it really depends on the individual. But again, I've said it three times and I want to say I repeat, if you're on the fence, I'm convinced by being there that if I heard this report from somebody like me, I would say, okay, you know, this is something that I have to do because it's just such an intimate experience in terms of the way that he speaks to you and the way that when they gave out the vaults five minutes with everybody, and you know Julian because he gave you a vault in Los Angeles, that he spends that quality time and he's not just doing it. It's like Kiss always used to say it when Paul used to say in the 70s, you have to give your all every night on stage because people may be seeing you for the first time and it's not fair if you're tired from the night before. I think Gene realizes that every time that he speaks to somebody in the audience or he meets them, that is unique to them. And I think I think in this sort of venue, in this sort of surrounding, he realized that. Yeah, he's he, he's he's also shockingly humble in 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 these songs and stories session. He is not the usual braggadocious Gene Simmons. He uh, Well, okay. He not 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 He had a Siri recorder with him before and he said he said he addressed it, and the series said, uh, yes, my lord and master. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. he is Gene Simmons <laughs> after all. So, it, But he is still very humble at times during yes. these, he these said presentations. That at one point, he said, I own the air that you breathe. Yeah, you know, Gene, Gene is Gene, and I, I think that's what uh, makes him so lovable at this stage of his career, is that, yeah, yeah we almost know what he's going to say at times, but... Um, his delivery 
and the manner in which he is doing these presentations is injecting his old material with fresh life <laughs> to a certain extent. So oh, yes, I, I, I enjoy yes. it. I, you know, I've, I've watched all the video of uh, these, these songs and stories, even though they're very similar. And I was obviously at one myself just because I want to see, you know, if the audience was this audience uh, vocal, were they shouting out questions or were they quietly kind of letting him talk? You'll hear it in the next clip. The audience gets very, involved like two of the things that you're saying are leading into the next clip a the stories behind the songs and b the audience getting involved people were yelling out stuff and nobody was told like you know quiet down or anything like that gene did that at one point you'll hear in the next clip but he was joking with the guy you know there's when we came down there was and he was just noodling around and he was playing some obscure old kiss material some guy said i know that i know that and i know that and then at one point, Gene said, ah, you didn't know that, did you, you wise guy? <laughs> yeah. Let's get into this uh, second clip, Scott. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what Gene's going to be saying and uh, why? This shows a sense of humor. He talks about the songs behind the stories here. And he talks about Paul Stanley particularly and writing Christine 16, etc., and then you hear a give and take with the member in the audience. This is this is maybe like the funniest clip of the day where he talks about himself and Paul Stanley, who says, he said right before, this is the most powerful and attractive man that I've ever known. All right. Great intro. Here we go. Tour, and uh, we were having a discussion about the differences in our songwriting techniques. And he says, ah, you always write those monster songs. Oh, I mean, you're almost human and stuff. Why don't you write a song called God of Thunder? I am the God of Thunder. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I like that. I'm the God and Verdi or Virgin, and I'll take you and I'll beat you up and spit you out. So he saw that I was going to write one, so he went off and wrote God of Thunder before me. And and I said, ah, you always write those chick songs. You know, I love you and take me and oh yeah I, I wouldn't write take me i'm gonna take you you're not gonna take me the fuck out of here take me i'm paul stanley take me. and also the way we sing the chorus is take me is that any way for a grown man to it goes it goes take me Stop singing like that. Very good. <laughs> Meantime, I've got to go, take me. And so uh, I said, you know, you always write dumb songs like Christine 16. He goes, oh, I like that. So I, oh, yeah. So I went home and wrote that before he got a chance to. And when we first started in 1604, uh, you can't sing that anymore. I, I told Paul that uh, I had an idea for a song because the Stones had a song called Brown Sugar about a girl from the streets and all that and how, you know, tan girls have sugar and all that stuff. And so I said, I'm going to do one called Black Diamond. I'm going to write that song because it's like, get it? She's a black diamond on the street, out on the streets for a living and all that. So the prick goes home and writes it before I do. <laughs> He beat me to it. Can you believe it? Hey, that's my thing. Smart prick. What happened? I 
said he's a smart prick. <laughs> there are a few jokes there, but I'm not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> so a long time ago, wrote a song called Eskimo Son that went. It's all George Harrison stuff. Classic lyrics. Eskimo sun, you shine at me. Mother's love, far as the eyes can see. And I didn't think it was good enough or whatever, but I liked the changes, so I rewrote it. Which became only you can whatever blow me. I need your love. You know what I mean, right? More than I can say. Not so Did you much. Just pointed a guy. No, there's a. Oh, okay. She's chewing gum. I don't know, good. She's chewing gum. Oh, I love that. And and just getting to, you know, again, you've heard it, but to hear it that that up close is just oh staggering. And I, I love Eskimo Sun and obviously Only You as well. That's, that's the new really version fun. of Only You. <laughs> yeah. Only You can blow me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Gene, Gene will. It's his song. He can do what he wants to it. But but it sounds like, you know, the audience is having a really good time there. You know, kind of I the bands are backward back and forth between the stage and, and the crowd just seems, you know, so natural, so fluid. It's like old friends getting together and there's just a guitar lying around and someone's oh, you know this, you know that and I think that's what makes it so uh you know so fun. Yeah, it does. And, you know, you hear just the sense of humor that he does everything with the way that he's teasing Paul, etc. Uh, and then the story behind Only You. And if you look at my YouTube page, uh, Scotty2441, you'll see another clip, you know, in which he, uh, you know, joking around about the audience uh, and talking about some other songs and, and stories and things like that. And just like his back and forth humor with the audience was just incredible and so and before peter came in you know keith Falcourt said i wanted to go upstairs and get your 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 special guest he goes i'm excited to go see who the special guest is and he pointed to the media guy next to me he goes is it you I said no and then he pointed at me with my bald head and he said is it you you're, you're lex luther you killed superman didn't you <laughs> but then and then i said back i said because i just reacted you would understand this i said no, I'm Joseph Kiss Sr. I created the vision of Kiss. Yeah, <laughs> Kiss Exposed. But I think it was too obscure for him. I prob And he didn't react. I probably should have said I was Bob Kulick. He would have got a kick out of that. Yeah, that that a little yeah. bit a little bit more recent rather than uh, 30, yeah. 30 something years ago. So that's what makes us who we are, though. So yeah. I would just be who I am and. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think I think Gene realizes I was feeding him questions from the audience twice that, you know, that I kind of knew my background, et cetera. But there were there were people in the audience just yelling out really whatever they want to, like a million "I love you, Jeans" and and stuff like that. And you heard one guy there was singing along loud with just like 
everything. And it was a good makeup of crowd. The military were very represented, uh, you know, thanking them for the service, etc. cetera. Uh, our own Adrian was sitting in the front row as well with, with his wife, Claudia. And you could tell he was just having a, a, a great time. And uh, people are just like, you know, very tuned. It was like when we went to Peter Chris's last show, it was kind of love fest between the fans and the audience. This was very much in that vein. Yeah, it, th- there's there's not a whole lot of difference between it between the two. It's an intimate, you know, venue. You're you're packed in there. Uh, you're very up close to the person who you've been a fan of for decades. So that that's exactly how it should be. Um, let's move into your your third clip and. In, in the middle of the songs and stories, uh, the special guest did indeed arrive, as you alluded to earlier. Uh, just walk us through uh, Peter's arrival. Yeah, uh, they said Peter was going to come down the stairs because this was in the basement at some point. And uh, around noon, I believe it was, uh, the show started at 1130, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you, uh, Keith went up the stairs, then you heard... Uh, I think I, I heard Peter's voice upstairs because I was like on the stairs and then he came down the stairs and Gigi was behind him and uh, he came right behind me and right to right to where Gene was. We'll hear this in a second. Uh, I reminded Gigi that I was your friend from the cutting room show uh, last June and she said, how are you, sweetie? And rubbed me on my back and said it was nice to see me again and all of that. She's she's very nice. And, uh, you know, she hung back and let Peter do his thing. You know, she was she was very, res- very respectful of the moment. But she was there to support her man like, uh, you know, like uh, like a strong spouse should. She realized it was his moment, and but she's always there for him. So it was – I think she struck a perfect balance uh, in what her role would be in I guess my personal opinion, but I'm not going to tell anybody how to, you know, operate with their husband or wife. But I'm, I'm just saying I have respect for how she handles things with Peter. And you can see and you've seen it yourself. And, you know, in this clip, you're going to hear Peter come down the stairs, I believe. But the thing that I captured with my audio equipment that really you don't see on YouTube, if you listen carefully, you can hear Peter saying to Gene thanking him for the invite. Uh, you know, I know that I, I know that uh, some people have told me that, you know, that uh, you know that he left him a phone message and you know that Peter and Gigi discussed it. He decided he decided to show up and uh, you know Gene said that he traveled an hour and a half each way just for this. From from Jersey, which I believe is Spring Lake which is way out there in, uh, you know, central Jersey. Yeah. So I, I think what, what is, what is clear and there've been some criticisms about, um, you know, how Peter's, you know, decided to do his, his participation in the Gene Simmons vault experience. And, you know, let's, let's make it clear that there are people who, who thought he should have stayed longer yet. Peter went out of his way to come into the city on a Saturday to visit with his old friend or his bass player um, 
you know, and, and, and then have the return trip home. So it's not like he was just hanging out in the city, um, going to visit places where he grew up. No, he came in from home with his wife who you know i have a great deal of respect for Gigi, uh, who i've just had great interactions with her over the years and i just love how she supports peter and is there for him and how much she does for him and how she she also like you've just said knows when to stay to the side and when to be by his side so you know you know peter made it clear that he was going to visit and say hi to gene and you know support his friend and that he, he wasn't going to do a q a he made i think everything very clear about what he wanted to do for gene and that was more what it was about in in my view and other you know opinions vary and that's perfectly fine but i i think he did exactly what he said he was going to do very graciously yeah and if you listen to this clip uh you're going to, you have to listen closely to the beginning of it. You'll hear Peter thanking Gene for the invite, but he did what he said he was going to do. You know, he said on, on PeterChris.net, I'm just going to stop by to see everybody and, you know, say hi to Gene. And he addressed the crowd and, you know, he went to the top of the stairs when he left and he waved at him. I got a chance to be in the VIP area because of my media access at one point. And everybody gave Gene and Peter their space, and there was just such warmth between them that was palpable. You know, this was about purely about Peter coming to see Gene. This was not like when you go to see Peter at an expo or a horror convention and you line up and get autographs. This was Peter coming to see Gene, and you, as the person who was experiencing the vault, getting a chance to witness it, to witness a part of what could be huge in band history. Whatever happens from here and now, uh, if they reunite, if they don't reunite, this was an historic moment. For your entry into this, you got the songs and stories, but you also were exclusively a VIP person to see this moment in band history. You can't be negative. You can't look at the glass half full. You got to experience this. And Peter dressed everybody in the room. And you and I know when Peter does appearances, he takes quality time with all of the fans. It was not about him meeting the fans one by one this day. That was Gene's thing. And if he had to answer questions, it was going to be like, well, you guys going to reunite, blah, blah, blah. This was not about him. You want to see Peter Chris? He makes enough appearances. This was about him coming to see Gene and you as the fan getting to experience it. Yep, I, I think that's, that's a clear distinction to make. Plus, I mean, if, if you think about it, I believe Bob Kulik was a guest at uh, the first Las Vegas one, and he didn't pick up a guitar with Gene. So there are no rules to how these guest slots go. Ace has been a card and has stood out by hanging around for a lot of the uh, the day and visiting people's houses for the home experience and, you know, obviously having a lot of fun with it himself. Uh, Bruce and Eric, obviously in L.A., did a tremendous amount of interaction with the fans as well. 
but th there's no hard and fast you know rule as to what you're to do as a special guest uh, maria contessa was at the one in miami and flew very much under the radar i mean a lot of people maybe would not know who she is as their uh you know the band's former costume designer you know very important part of their history but she wasn't a hey it's me 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 you know it it is about gene and the vault purchaser so you know, it, it sounds like we're, we're trying to defend Peter, but let's just go straight to the the audio and let the cat man speak for himself, because he certainly doesn't need a couple of knuckleheads talking for him, right? Listen carefully here at the beginning. You want to do the intro or should I? Ladies and gentlemen, the powerful and the attractive, the original, one and only, just to get out of the way and let Pete answer a few questions if he wants to, no, because... No, 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 no. <laughs> we're just, what we're going to do is we're just going to go off to the room and you're going to give Pete a vault. So did, did, maybe get a quick photo together, you guys, turn to the crowd. Okay, take a quick photo and then I'm going to do whatever Peter says. I've got a sandwich waiting. I got everything. Yeah, hi. It's good to be here. It's good to see you. Good to be here. I'm feeling great. Uh, I had to come and say hi. To my bass player for my old band, Kiss. <laughs> no, really. I, I, Gene sent me a, a wonderful invitation, and I couldn't resist. And we haven't seen each other since the Hall of Fame. So, uh, out of all of the band members, uh, we always had a Twinkie thing going. And uh, way back in the day, he means cake. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I, you know, I, I, I had to come in and say hi to him. I, I do have a, a big place in my heart for Gene. I always will. Thank uh, you. Of all the members, so it's good you came down for him. Uh, he he loves to be loved, so give him, give him all the love you want. He'll take it all. And and God bless you all. Thank you so much. Uh, Guys, you clear, <laughs> guys, clear a path to let him get back, please. Clear a path to let him through. All right, great. Gene Court. Awesome. I heard my name yeah. there, so. Um. <laughs> I, I think, I think uh, you know, I don't know how much you can hear, but I think personally think that's probably the best audio that you're going to hear the interaction and the speech when i listened to the audio closely i heard peter just thanking him for the invite the phone message and thank him for coming down it was genuine to me it appeared that you know they hadn't really spoken since the phone call i could be wrong but it doesn't appear that maybe peter called g back he just you know came out and and showed up yeah, you know, whatever it was, you know, he was there. 
And, you know, that was a heartfelt, that was a pure Peter Chris moment in terms of his uh, succinct speech to the crowd. I mean, he gave them the respect by, you know, acknowledging why he was there and making it clear why he was there. You know, that it was, like you said, about Gene's vault today and him visiting his old, you know, his old friend. I've got to sound like Vinnie Vincent, you know, his my dear old friend. Um you know, someone who is an important part of his life, regardless of whether they, you know, talk regularly or not, which, it, you know, it's, it's irrelevant at this stage of Peter's life at, at 72 years old, uh, happily taking a slower pace and doing the things that he wants to do at the pace that he wants to do them uh, with the visibility in which he wants to do them. You know, it, it's 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 all good for Peter. And again, I thought he looked absolutely fantastic that day he looked healthy he looked sprightly and that's all i want for any of these guys for them to be happy and healthy and forget the music they've got a legacy doesn't matter to me they, you know gene's got a vault which proves his legacy uh, kiss has kisteria which proves kiss's legacy you know it's all in the music to me they don't have to prove another thing to any fan and you know it could end tomorrow and i would be a happy man with what they've given us yeah, and after that, uh, him and Peter got to go to the back. Uh, they let us take some pictures, which you did post on the bulletin board, and I pushed out on social media. Yeah, them hugging each other, etc. Uh, and then they led Peter out. He went to the top of the stairs, gave everybody a wave. They cheered, and it was back to like the end of the songs and stories uh, for a short while there, and. Uh, then everybody got their vaults, uh, spoke to Adrian before and after he got his vault with his wife, uh, interviewed him. But unfortunately, I think the the speaker actually blew out my microphone after a while because uh, you know I wasn't able to capture that audio, unfortunately. But speaking to Adrian after, and uh, I'm thinking to myself, how does everybody get this vault home? And Adrian lives in Jersey. And Love Guns lives in Jersey, and he had to take an Uber back with this. You know, like people can't be carrying this on the subway. You know, I got to see the vaults, et cetera, and how large they were uh, when they opened them up, how spectacular they look. You know, you know, because you have one. Uh, and Adrian was saying that he was talking to him and his wife and asking him how they enjoyed the experience. And he was telling Gene what an inspiration he is because, like you, you know, Adrian has come from another country, Poland, and made a nice life for himself here as well very much so you know again you know it's it's the immigrant song that we we seem to sing you know and you know the new york jersey guys i mean this was this hey, was, I'm, I'm from queens like gene and paul yeah so i got my connection there yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely you've got i mean I, we said it last year you know when, when i said about seeing peter chris in a club in new york city is just one of those moments in history that i refuse to miss just like the vault experience in new york city while it's no longer gene's you know home it is still his hometown isn't it and always will be yeah yeah you know it's like you know, Peter Peter still has that Brooklyn pride, even though he lives in a very upscale community in uh, in Jersey. You know, you hear him talk about it all the time. Uh, you know about how he how he grew up in Brooklyn. You know, I, I was a cat because yeah, I had nine lives. I was in all these these gangs. He, he he's he's still the same Peter. So yeah. you know, everybody in the band was Italian. We have no problems. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Just a lot of fish in newspaper. So, uh, from your fly on the wall, what were the was what was everyone happy with the vault that you saw? You know, because obviously you didn't stay all day because you had no reason to, since you were no, waiting in line. Was- yeah, they were hand, once the Q&A was over, they were handing out vaults for hours, and people actually said, okay, this is the time you're getting your vault, come back then, go eat, you know, et cetera. You know, they're also selling T-shirts for $20 if anybody wants to buy some extras. And it seemed like people were not only happy, they were just, I, like, I'm not BSing here. People were thrilled with the experience. They were absolutely thrilled, and then, to walk out with a collectible like that, it's it's so unique. I, nobody's ever done it. You know, the credit to Keith Falcourt and Gene Simmons for just creating this sort of experience. Uh, for you to look, CDs are no no longer uh, what people really get their music from. But you know, they want to protect this and make sure it's not downloaded. And people have said to me, "Oh, it's got to be on the internet somewhere," and it, They've done a good, very good job of protecting it. You know because you have a vault. You know you sign a, a legal document that you can't share this anywhere. Yeah, you know it, it's one of those things. You know I've I've tried to be very careful with mine, and you know obviously I have played some with friends. Um, I've not played a lot. I haven't made copies as a matter of respect. You know for Gene and for Rhino and also for my fellow vault purchasers you know it, it really is a matter that I, I don't make copies of stuff anyway you know officially released material at least um because that's that's just how it is and and it's not to be like a, the ultimate hoarding oh i have this and you don't it has nothing to do with that it's that it is it business and it really is the experience so GeneSimmonsVault.com. That is where you can go if this has interested you. I'm going to punch in the nicer versions of that audio. So obviously we do want to thank you, Scott, for sharing that with us. You know, and hopefully people enjoy an up close fly on the wall perspective from the press pit as uh, the Gene Simmons Vault experience, rather than the the fan bully pulpit kind of version of a vault review. So it was just nice to be able to have someone go with a press credential and give it a different perspective. Yeah, and uh, so some other people I met out there, uh, check out backstagepass.com. Uh, they, they have some very, uh, very good pictures. Uh, Peter Chris's site has some excellent pictures as well. You know, from some of the other people that that were were, were covering there. Uh, you know, I actually put that in a thread on the board, but you know, it's 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 unique to see it from the media perspective and to communicate to everybody else. You know, basically what you saw and report. You know, is this worth it or not? And I would be honest if I I felt it wasn't. Uh, it's something that if I had an extra two thousand dollars, I'd probably go as a fan the next time yep absolutely and i know there was but some... if i come into two thousand dollars playing fantasy nascar and DraftKings, uh i might go for the cruise first although it's sold out <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, but uh, there will be there will be bursts available, I'm sure. I'm, I'm I can't wait for the cruise, but you know the rest of this year is just getting crazier and crazier. The indie yeah. the indie expo just seems to grow. I mean, it's taken on a life of its own. It's become a, a beast. They should call it the Franken Expo because it's just getting bigger and bigger every week. Someone else is announced as a guest and. You know, obviously, I think we mentioned last week, Lita Ford, she's going to be debuting a new line of guitars there, and she's got Kiss connections, so it's, it's just crazy. Yeah. And then they sound wild thing on Argent, and there's a lot going out here. It's uh, you know the Long Island Kiss Expo, the first ever on May 5th. They're having uh, Bob Kulik and Ken Kelly and Lydia Chris and uh, JJ French from Twisted Sister. It's a Kiss and Rock and Roll Expo. Uh, Ace is going to play Times Square in a brand new venue they just opened, uh, Sony Hall on yep. May fifth, and uh, you know there's there was recently the uh, the Wicked Lester forty uh, the uh, Kissed at the Daisy forty fifth anniversary with a tribute band on Mast, uh, who plays without Kiss makeup all of, over in New York. They're an unmasked tribute to Kiss, so there's a lot going on. You know, it's uh, every weekend. You know, uh, seems like this. There's something fun to do. Yeah, early early this morning, a uh, date in Las Vegas for Ace Frehley, August the 10th was announced. I think it's uh, where where is it? I can't remember. Well, that doesn't matter. Um, yeah, so there's there's lots of stuff going on, and Ace is of course going to be opening up the Gene Simmons solo shows in Australia. Um, so it's what a time to be a Kiss fan. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. If you get a chance to do any of these or be a fly on the wall at them, it's strongly recommended. I, I said, could anything top 2017? Well, it seems that uh, people took up that challenge and are giving it all their best to uh, to try and top it. Let's wrap it up. Where can people find you, Scott? Uh, give give yourself another plug at the end here. All right, Scott E. Rotoex. That's C-C-O-T-T-E. R-O-T-O-E-X on Twitter. Uh, if you play fantasy baseball, uh, check me out at rotoexperts.com. It's opening day this week. And at dailyroto.com and also sportsgrid.com. Uh, you can also hear me in the mornings at fntsy.com slash radio on Trash Talk, which, you know, I even uh, you know mentioned Gene this week. So if you play fantasy sports, you got to follow me. But I kind of fuse fantasy and kiss together my uh, – Fantasy baseball team is named the New York Black Diamonds, and uh, I have the Kiss Baseball from 1998 as my logo. That's brilliant. Well, thank you again yeah. for sharing this audio with us and the video, obviously, on YouTube. Very much appreciated. So from Scott and myself for now, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.